Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media. And our power woman today is the most remarkable CEO of Emblem Health, the very creative, the very terrific, the I'm calling her the queen of customer service in the healthcare business, Karen Ignani. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So nice to see you. Well, same. I'm so happy. You know, we're all such busy lives that have this moment together. And uh, Karen, you know, you have uh, created Emblem Health, a very uh, powerful way to serve people in the health field. And I know that you're also part of Connect Care. Is that 80 years old? Am yes. I right about that? Emblem is over 80 years old and Kinetic Care, our plan in Connecticut, is uh, going on 43. So, you know, I always believe that a success like that, the longevity, speaks volumes. How have you been able to grow and change and still be so strong at the, and a leader in the field of delivery of healthcare insurance? I think it's our mission, Vicki, our people, our team and our commitment to the people we serve. We're very much uh, focused on first principles. Do the right thing. Make sure people can count on you. Make sure you're agile, responsive, and um, listening, keeping your ear to the ground about what people want and need. I think that those are the important elements to running a company that's very responsive to its members. So I know that you've kind of... Um grown with our world growing. And I was mm -hmm. very interested in your well spot, which is that physical and mental wellness aspect. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about how that came to be and how people can connect to that? Yeah, we started uh, WellSpark, our wellness company, about five years ago. And the focus was primarily on uh, diabetes management, chronic care management. We moved into kidney disease. We moved into heart disease. We moved into a range of areas where people needed a helping hand. They needed coaching. So we we're very focused on that. But it became very clear that the behavioral, mental health part of an individual was as important to focus on as the acute care, the physical part of a being, an individual. So our team there began to customize quite a lot of activities and programs. And lately, they've been very focused on burnout. We did a pilot mm -hmm. with the New York Teachers Union just mm -hmm. recently. We've done pilots with others where working in hospitals and other areas where people feel burned out. They want to talk about it. They want some skills. They want some help. So those are the areas that now, this is the brave new world, I think, for healthcare for social services that all of our companies need to be very focused on this concept of what do people need and how can we best serve them? And this whole area of mental health, the psychosocial part of an individual is as important because if people are not being attended to in that area and say they have heart disease, they're not going to be keeping up with their medications. They're not going to be keeping up with their program and their chronic disease exercises and things of that sort. So that's why it's so important. And we have almost a million people, I'm proud to say, across the country in our program. It's growing exponentially. Employers have responded to it. 
now individuals are responding to it as well. So I, I anticipate quite a lot of growth in that part of our business. Well, you know, we living in New York feel there's a war on crime mm-hmm. and finding that the largest percentage of people in prison are mentally ill. Yes. And this right. mental illness is not caught in time or treated to be able to prevent them from doing things that they themselves can't control. So are you able to um, possession the situation where if somebody is so uh, ill, they can go into a hospital? How does the, yes. I'm so fascinated by this piece of your business because I just see it in every angle that this is impacting our society. Yeah, whether they need a social worker, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, hospital stays, et cetera, we have the ability to service them in all of these different arenas, which is so important for individuals. I will say I have the honor of being part of a new effort that Mayor Adams has created, focusing on the exact topic that you're raising, mental health and behavioral health, and making sure that our community in New York is as focused on it as families are focused on it. So kudos, a real shout out to him and to his leadership, his deputy mayor who's coordinating this effort. It's just begun, but I'm really excited about contributing to that as well and bringing some of the learnings that we've seen on the ground to that effort. But there's a stigma that people feel. And to your point about why does it go undetected, that's something that as a society, we really have to take on. There's no stigma associated with heart disease or mm. you know, other kinds of disease that people have. And we have to destigmatize mental health, whether it's depression or various types of manifestations. And there needs to be, I'm really appreciative that you're focused on it because so many important people in your arena need to really give it a little attention in a way that hasn't been given attention. So I think people listening will really appreciate that too. So when uh, I'm a member of your Emblem Health, mm-hmm. I'm a card carrying member and then I go to a mental health. I mean, how does the process work? Yeah, we have you covered. We have thousands of practitioners in our network that you can choose from all on our website. If you want to have digital health, A number of people were finding, and this is what our WellSpark company has found too, a number of people feel more comfortable interacting when it comes to particularly depression, mental health, issues of that sort, interacting on video rather than going to a physician's office or going to see a psychologist. So we'll see. What we want to do, and we have programs that meet people where they are, and that's the most important thing. Because people have different ways of wanting to access care and treatment. And our job is to make sure they're accommodated in whatever way they want to access care and treatment. Well, you know, it's interesting. COVID has made us all different, I believe, in many ways. And one of the things is this telemedicine that you're talking about, where people can digitally get help and be able to, through, like I'm talking to you on Zoom, We are able to communicate in a way that was never really accepted before COVID. Is that right? Yes. And it's so important for people to recognize the simplicity of that and the ease of actually engagement. It can actually deal. We talk about, you know, you probe mental health. We we talk about isolation as part of an individual 
It's an epidemic in a large city like ours, and one of the most important cities in the world. But people who live literally you know, side by side can feel very isolated. So it's very important to be able to reach out, again, in a way they want to be reached out to. And it's a convenience factor, but it also is tuned into the individual's preference. So, you know, Karen, we're talking about you as the CEO of this massive company, Emblem Health. Can you talk to me a little bit? What gave you the growth to be the CEO? I love that you broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> Thank How you. Did, what was your journey? Well, let me tell you, when I was uh, growing up as a little girl in Providence, Rhode Island, if you had told me that I would have the honor of sitting here talking with you today, uh, I just wouldn't have believed it. I came from a very low-income family. Uh, my dad was a fireman, and he worked three jobs. In addition to being a firefighter, he had two other jobs, and it was a hardworking family. I learned the importance of family and the value of some basic just principles and the value of education. I was the first person in my family to go to college. I was a scholarship kid. My husband was too. He was a fourth of a single mom household. So we had the similar kind of background. And both of us feel very lucky, but we work very hard because that's what we learned from our families. He grew up in Bay Ridge. I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, but it same kinds of values. So you learn early, hard work, do your homework, always be prepared in a way that allows you to be open to experiences and not fear you know, taking some risks and really taking on some things that are challenging. So who is your mentor? Because if you, you know, your father was probably busy working and having to provide food for the table. Uh, you know, this is a big journey. I mean, did you go into the health world to start right out of college or what? I How did. did you get started? It was serendipity. I had a professor in college that um, had said at that time I wanted to go to Washington, D.C., contact an individual that we did a project with, you know, the way things go, serendipity. And I did, and I got hired to work at the Department of Health and Human Services. And my first job was working on the team that estimated healthcare expenditures. It was one of the most important baseline opportunities I could have had because it gave me a bird's eye look at where do we spend the healthcare dollar? How much goes to hospitals, physicians? How does it all work together? What are the components? And once you have that understanding, then you can learn the policy issues, which I later did on Capitol Hill. And I had the opportunity to work on a number of pieces of legislation that are so important to working families here in New York. And then I went to the AFL-CIO and had just a terrific experience there, ran their policy operation and just learned so much from uh, the leaders there, but also the rank and file members. I did policy issues, but I also helped on collective bargaining. So I had understood what it's like to be at a bargaining table. Then I got recruited to go and run the association representing all of the health plans in the country. Because while at the AFL-CIO, I helped develop uh, PPOs and HMOs for the working men and women who were part of the AFL-CIO. And then I came here from Washington work after working with the Obama administration on the You make it sound uh, so simple. 
You well, think it sounds it's easier to look back and explain <laughs> the trajectory, but it was, you know, really opaque looking forward. You just never know. You have to be open to different experiences and really, but in a way, this role is a culmination of between working on Capitol Hill, working at the Health and Human Services Department, working at the AFL-CIO, and working in on very important pieces of federal legislation, working here and having the honor to serve these members, again, in the most important city in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I feel so very, very lucky. But it does bring together a lot of uh, the various things that I've done. There's no doubt about that. Well, you know, when you um, have, you, you rattled off such important positions that you held, but you always seem to come to the top of leadership there. What advice would you give to our listeners about what are the secrets to success that propel people to be able to, as you did, break the glass ceiling to be the CEO of Emblem Health? I think first, you. I, I remember I am such a fan of Robert Caro, the writer, and I went to the wonderful exhibition at the uh, History Museum recently, and his editor always said, turn every page. So the analog for me is do your homework, always come prepared, know what you're talking about, be able to be helpful to people and guide them through various issues, number one. Number two, treat others how you want to be treated. No matter where you are in the ecosystem, people appreciate folks who listen, who try to understand and who try to be really very responsive to what they're hearing, either on the other side of the table, on the same side of the table, but learning from others. I think that's very, very important. And be open to opportunities. A number of people, and women don't, haven't had, particularly when I was coming up, many mentors. And you just had to be, look out for yourself, but also be open to opportunities. And ask a lot of questions. Never be afraid to say you don't know. The smartest people say you don't know. They don't know. Well, I think, you know, with Evelyn Health being a leader, is your footprint New York City, New York State? What where does it's the tri-state area, our tri-state area. Okay. So and I know I'd love you to share because I didn't know that how Emblem Health became Emblem Health, what the meaning of that was. Of course, I'm honored to. This preceded me. We, was, we were started, just a little bit of background, by Marin LaGuardia to offer high-quality, affordable health care access to working men and women. The reason we are called Emblem Health is that so many of our members actually wear emblems, whether they're police officers, firefighters, sanitation workers, whether they're teachers, whether they're social workers, and I can go on and on. But that was the derivation of the name, really going back to the roots of our company. And we have a different, a number of different parts. You, you actually inquired about WellSpark, our wellness company. We have a very important physician group attached to our plan that serves about a half a million people each year in 40 locations, stayed open during COVID, very important to the neighborhoods of New York during COVID when first we were doing testing first physician groups to do that, providing vaccines, tuned into the neighborhoods they serve. Our physicians look like the neighborhoods they serve and the people who live there. So very diverse, very focused on our social 
not-for-profit mission as part of this entire enterprise. Well, I know that the uh, growth of the services has been many places because of the CEO. We've been talking with Karen Ignacio, who is the CEO of Emblem Health. I am delighted to have gotten to have this chance to chat with you and hear about your great success. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vicki. So appreciate it. And kudos to you for what you've built as well. Thank you. Until next time, this is Victoria Schnepp signing off. Bye now.